possibly imagine and more awesome than we can take. Good time and You shouldn't leave things like this up here for me. I don't even know what that's doing up here. It must be a joke. And a blue plastic cup. This doesn't cut it. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to preach. Oh my. Caleb, did somebody usurp your authority or something? Yeah, this is just, you know, not cutting it. Lord, help us. It's okay. No, don't get a cup. Don't get a cup. It's all right. You know, just stand rebuked. Now, we, we sang that song. There's a couple things in, in worship. Those very good time, good presence of the Lord, but maybe it's just that I'm growing in grace and God's speaking to me. Had, uh, anyway, let me, let me just share kind of in some kind of order today, if that's possible. That song that uh, Jesus paid it all. Remember a few weeks ago I was sharing about Brother Wyatt, this old pastor, small highway church of God out in Palmer, Alaska. I don't know how many. I mean, he, you know, when I was younger, he looked old but I think he really was old. And uh, just, you know, a potato farmer in Alaska pastoring a church of, you know, 10, 15 people for I don't know how many years and all of a sudden a bunch of hippies come in and we're just, you know, just hungry for the Lord. We don't know any better. But that was his favorite song. And he used to just stand there just sing, just crying, just crying, you know. And that, that, you know, like I said, I don't know if he ever know what happened. I don't even know what ever happened. But he really impacted my life. Because, you know, as we were singing that song some 36 40 years later. <laughs> now I'm the old guy. <laughs> and you don't understand what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't understand what I'm doing. And, you know, there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible where the disciples go out in, in the, with the power and the blessing of God to do a work and actually accomplish that work. And I believe we are called in that same respect to actually accomplish and to do some works of God. Now, what the result of those will be and what the purpose of those, I mean, ultimate, you know, what really they are, we don't really fully understand. But we do, as we talked a little bit about last Sunday, we have a soul. And we just by nature get excited about certain things, you know, and bummed out. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in this place. So the disciples came back in the will of God and they were saying, man, we were able to cast out devils. We were able to do great works. And that's what God sent them to do. We are sent to do some things. We are called to do some things. And I believe with all our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, we should do those things. And there's going to be probably an excitement or bummed out or some feelings that come with that. And there'll probably be some accomplishments and probably some failures in that. But that is really not what God's looking for. He's looking at what, you know, Brother Wyatt, I think, have some 40 years later, I may be getting some revelation. Because I used to think it was all about me. Yesterday I thought that. <laughs> that Jesus said, don't rejoice in that. That's an impossible thing to say. That'd be like telling a kid, don't be happy at your own birthday party. And that's not really what he's saying. But don't miss who we're really worshiping, why we're really here. Rejoice rather that Jesus paid it all. And some, every Sunday, Brother Wyatt would be up there just crying, Jesus paid it all. I, I mean, going on. You know, and I don't think it was just, I don't think Brother Wyatt wrote that song. I don't even know his full name. I just know him, Brother Wyatt. You know, I don't know how that's the way they talked in that church. And, uh, you 
know, and so that's where we need to come to is, Jesus, we're here for the Lord. And no matter what happens, the ups and downs in our life, the successes, even the, the God-given successes that in our life, we'd be okay, thank you, Lord, but that's really not what we're focused on because we easily can get focused on stuff and really forget the Lord. As Pat was sharing this morning, you know, it's easy to learn all about the Lord and still not know Him. And, you know, that, that's a real danger as, as we grow in the Lord. And we, you know, if we don't rightly let the Word of God divide between our soul and our spirit, and that's the purpose of the Word of God, is to divide not between good and evil necessarily, not between sin and, and, and righteousness, because Jesus already does that on the cross and with His blood. But the Word of God is sent to us to divide between our soul and our spirit. To judge the intents and thoughts of our hearts. Not all that we do, even in the name of the Lord, would be God's will. And Jesus is very clear about that. But when we hear that, we get offended, don't we? How many of you have gone out to do the will of God and then got, you know, chastened for it? You know, Jesus might say, I, that's not what I asked you to do. I don't know you. Yeah, but we did it in your name. Yeah, but we healed in your name. You didn't know me. I don't know you because that's not really what I want. And so many, many times we can actually get like the Pharisees. You know, one, the, the thing that came to mind as Pat was sharing was the Pharisees, I mean, they were studying on how to know God. I mean, they had it all down and we can do that. And it's good to learn the principles and the rules of God. And generally they should kind of keep us in some kind of a steady form. But when God shows up, He can do whatever He likes. God is not bound by His own law to you. Have you ever noticed the police that says, Thou shalt not speed, whips by you to the donut shop? <laughs> you know, it's okay. He's got the badge. He can do that. That's really what I think is the real motivation for anybody who wants to be a policeman. I mean, really. I mean, how many people when you were younger wanted to be a policeman, especially the boys? Get to shoot a gun? Put handcuffs on people? Yeah, oh, great. Wow. Firemen would even be better. Actually, burnt, let people's houses, you know, just smashing windows with axes and kicking the doors. I mean, what a great job. You know, not all of our motivations are really pure. You know. But so the Pharisees, they caught Jesus one time with his disciples eating with unwashed hands. And we know that you're supposed to wash your hands before you eat. That's what God does. That's what God wants us to do. And in the law, they were perfectly right except in their knowledge, because not counting themselves fools, they professed themselves to be wise, God's foolishness became wisdom and they missed God. See, now I believe that most of the time, I'm just making a wild guess here, most of the time, probably when Jesus ate, he probably washed his hands, just like most of us. But you know, there's going to be those times that it isn't going to happen. It's okay. See, it's actually okay to do that. See, Jesus, I don't think every time he went to eat, put, put his hands in mud. Not what, see, we get so locked into some funny stuff. But see, sometimes we study, and even Jesus said, you think you're studying the Word of God, you think you're learning about God. No, you don't understand. This is talking about me. There's got to be a relationship that takes place. Otherwise, we can get caught up in the works. They're, we're casting out devils. We're really growing. We're doing God. He says, that's, that's not what I'm even interested in. Rejoice rather that your sins are been paid for. Rejoice rather that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. But that's easy to kind of forget after a while. 
So I think we need to take the, you know, the parable of the brother Wyatt and just keep coming back that you know, we're here because that's the purpose that we're here. The reason that we're here is Jesus paid the price. We owe Him everything. Now in that, I believe there's a work that God wants us to labor with Him to do. And I think we should be about that. You just can't stand around you know, in front of church crying all day. You know, they have other places for that. But there's a work that God has called us to do. But it starts out and remains with Jesus paid the price. And that's what we need to be speaking about. Because, you know, like I said, we've got to remember there really is a God. See, there really is a God who's really working it even when we're not aware of it. But our soul needs to be aware. It's, I think Mary's saying, this, my soul will magnify the Lord. See, I consciously, with my soul, will, will be aware of God working in my life and start to rejoice in that. And that's where the Word of God has to come in and start dividing between our soul and our spirit. Because it's easy after a while to think maybe we did it on our own or we don't need this or Egypt wasn't so bad and what's the deal anyway? But let's turn our Bibles to Psalms. I believe it's Psalms. Psalm 72. We got a lot. Yeah. Psalm 72. This is an old song that, that we used to sing and I heard it again when I was in Eureka. And uh, kind of been sticking with me because I think it's, well, it's, it's Bible. Verse 17. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be, shall be continued as long as the sun. The, and men shall be blessed with him. All nations shall call him blessed. 18. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole world be filled with his glory. Amen. Amen and amen. It's a really good song because it really sums up the whole, the, the whole purpose of God and who He is. Blessed be the... That's our job. We're, our, we, have a, we have a... I don't know if it's a job. I guess it would be a job. is to worship God. That's what we're created for. All things, the Bible go in, in the, speaks about, I think it's Paul writing, he says, all things were created by Him and for Him. We're here for God's will. Now, how many times during the day have you got that backwards maybe this week? That you thought you were created so you could tell God what you needed in your life and He should do it. Anybody feel? Yeah. But that's not... See, that's sin. Sin disrupts the order of God. And that's why sin, even though sometimes we... We actually... Our consciences actually can get waxed hardened against sin. We call sin by other names now. You know, he's a victim. He wasn't responsible. Didn't know what he was doing. It was a mistake. God says it real clearly. It's sin. And it's so deadly that he had to send his own son without sin to become sin for me that I could become the righteousness of God. That we could be redeemed back to the original purpose of God. That we are created. The whole universe is created to glorify God. And bless the Lord. That's why, that's why we're here. And that's why the word is given. So blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. Does anybody's soul have a little bit of a problem with that? How many people here this week 
have saw some things that maybe one, were not wondrous and while every eye is closed. Anybody kind of question God this week? Maybe question what's going on? Well, let me try to put this. You, I don't want to say you didn't do it because you kind of did do it because we kind of worked together. We either worked together with sin or we worked together with the Lord. See, and like we talked about last week, we have a new creation. When the Holy Spirit comes into us, just as God breathed into man, before man was, was breathed into, he was just dirt. Before Christ comes into us, we're dead. We're not going to die. We're dead. We're dead. But when Christ comes into us, the Bible talks about in Second Corinthians, there's a new creation. Just as God breathed into man, when the Spirit of God comes into clay, a soul is created. And for the first time when the Holy Spirit comes into us, I'm made, I'm quickened. My mortal body is quickened. There's a Spirit of God living in me. And then Paul then says, now that the Spirit of God is within you, and you have been called and your eyes have been opening, what should you yield yourself to? Should you now yield yourself to sin? Or should we yield ourselves to God and to righteousness? So that's what the purpose of the Word of God is to divide between us that our new creation could be the Him who serves God. And now that's going to take one of the key words of faith. So blessed be the Lord God who only does wondrous things. We could just stop there. All day long, we should be singing the praises of God. There's going to come... Does anybody know the word trials? Tribulations, bad times, temptations. And we talked a few weeks ago about that. What's the purpose of trials and temptations? We think it's just to kind of make us stronger. It's not really the purpose. It's so that our minds could be cleared, that God's character would be cleared in our minds. So that when things happen, we could, rather than, you know, He only does wondrous things, and we know, and we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God and are called according to His purposes. It's not a time to murmur complain. That's when our soul has lost it. The Word of God, we've put it aside and we know the things, but we're really condemning God for eating with unwashed hands or whatever He may be doing. But God wants us... To, the trials of our faith is so that God's character would be clean and whole in my sight that I wouldn't be charging God. That I would be able to say, Blessed be the Lord God who only does wondrous things. Now, that would be easy to do if I was just given over to myself and I kind of call my shots. See, Peter was very brave when he was in control of his own martyrdom. He was ready to die for the Lord, and I believe he was. There they are. The soldiers are there. I mean, they're ready to kill somebody. They got stabs and swords and torches. And Peter pulls out a sword and goes at it. He was brave. Wasn't he? He was a coward. But when God orchestrates your steps, you know what the Bible says? The, the, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. That's why James says, and I haven't learned it yet, think it not strange, the fiery trials that are about to try you. How many people have had a strange life? See, I used to think my life was just, I mean, before I was saved, I mean, I, I thought, man, I lived the most wild life and did whatever I wanted to. I mean, it couldn't get any stranger. And I got saved. And I said, this is crazy. I, I've talked, I sometimes would actually talk, no, no, I didn't talk to unsafe people. I was talking to Bill about some other things the other day. And when we first started to build my house, because I'm building another house now, 
And I'd go to the building inspector and I'd say, well, what do you do about this? He says, I don't know. I'd never seen that before. And I found out that almost every time I did stuff, something weird would happen. I got to the place that, you know, I was ordering something. Sim- simple, no- nor- normal, everyday stuff. The stuff that, you know, God isn't interested in. How many people here are doing anything important with your life? What, could, what, would, what would be important in this world? This life really is full of vanity and vexation of spirit. The only redemptive thing is Jesus paid it all. And now what he's done is he actually has redeemed so that whatever we do, we can actually do to the glory of God. It is not that we're casting out devils that's so wonderful. The fact that we actually just did it is wonderful. The fact that Jesus called us is wonderful. And whatever He does, He does wondrously. So what should we do? We should say, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which is rather easy for me right now because I'm at church. But, you know, some things happen and some people say, Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know why this happened. I said, It's okay, it's not you. It's God working in my life. It's okay, it always happens to me. Well, why? Well, God's got a purpose. Like I said, there's, there's the, the Holy Spirit is working in His church and in you. His purpose. It's a mystery. Most of the times, we do not really understand what God is doing. Like I said, there's the, sub, the unconscious mystery of God working in our life. But as the new creation, he, we're awake. And now in this world, what He'd like us to do is in the conscious realm as a people. Because that's the Bible is written kind of to our conscious realm. There is some, like I said, mysterious stuff or mystical stuff or subconsciously that God just does. But there is like a part where now I say, okay, I now choose to work with God. Now, it may not always be correct, but there is a part, like I said, if not, then we would just sit around cross-legged, smell incense, and oh, man, it's easy to serve God. But that's not what He's called us to. He's called us to go into all the world to preach the gospel. He's called us to make disciples. He's called us to pray. He's called us to work. He's called us to do all these things that are impossible for us to do. And either we can dive into God or let God take over our life or we could be like Paul, kick against the thorns the entire time and oh man, and have our own agenda. And as, again, as Pat was sharing... You know, he said, I've loved you, but it almost seemed like his love was still going to happen in the future. And I was thinking about Abraham and the sacrifices of God. The first thing that needs to be sacrificed in order for us to sacrifice to the Lord. I love these looks. It's great. (laughs) The first thing that would have to be sacrificed. That's why I think Jesus could say it. I loved you. He had made a decision a long time ago. Going to the cross was not a decision he was going to make at that time. The, Abraham already had to wrestle through some things in order to offer his son. And this is what we wrestle with. The sacrifice is nothing. You give more than 10% to the government. And they do a great job of handling your money. And it's never enough. And I don't... You, you give it. That's, you know, a minimal sacrifice. You know. The smile is the commentary. But, you know, there's other sacrifices too. 
But the first sacrifice that anybody has to make in order to make the sacrifice is that to sacrifice my will. Jesus said, I've loved you. It's, I've already, not my will be done, but yours. I've already went through the mental anguish. I've already consecrated my life that, Lord, your will be done. And the reason that when we come up to things that they're a big deal is because we haven't gone through the mental exercise. We haven't sacrificed first my will. We sacrificed a few things. Well, yeah, I guess I can... No, that's not what he wants. He wants the whole will. I mean, what... What more does God want? Has anybody... I mean, am I the only one that goes through this stuff? I guess so. Look at that. I'm overwhelmed. Thank you. You know, I have to come up here every day. Not every day. Every week. You know, and pour out my soul. And all I get is... You know, I, I don't know what the deal is. God, help us. Well, Paul said it. He said... We don't want to only just preach the gospel. Preaching the gospel is very simple. It really is. I mean, it actually, can actually be a, a rush, a stimulating rush. When we lived in Vaughan, we had... I, I, I never... I mean, I'm the, I knew of Vaughan because my grandparents came from Vaughan. I mean, how many people here have ever heard of Vaughan Turkey before? Most people had never heard of Turkey before. Yeah, but you guys haven't. But before... The, you know, and all of a sudden, we're, we're in Turkey, you know, kind of just living, going through life, feeling, believing that God has called us to, to do a work. And, and, and again, I'm not coming down on anybody. Maybe they have a place. But missionaries would come through. And I'm going, people know about this place. I mean, almost every couple of weeks, every week, at least once a month, missionaries were coming through. And somehow they would find me. And I, you know, I don't know how they did that. And, you know, they were there to help the church or preach the gospel. And I basically said, I, you know, thank you, but don't want your help. You know, if you, you know, and, and don't give me your babies. If you're going to be a father, take care of your kids. I don't want your kids. You, you know, I'm, I'm not the dad. Now, if you want to come and help, that'd be another thing. Go wash the dishes. But you know what's really exciting, especially like in, in a place like Turkey? Because you kind of can play. And I'm not, again, please, I may be sounding sarcastic, but that's just my nature. Okay? And it hasn't gotten any better. I went further east. I grew up in New York and then went to Vaughan. And, you know, in, in a place like that, you kind of, you know, they, you kind of can play secret gospel man. You know, you're kind of illegal. You can get, you know, harassed. But, I mean, the most they're going to do as a tourist, they're going to throw you out of Turkey and you come back and have a great story. But there's some other people who are living there that when you get thrown out, guess whose head they're going to come on? Yeah. So, I mean, it can be exciting handing out Bibles and, well, and again, there may be, I, see, I'm just saying for the work that I've been called to do. See, not each person has got to respond to the work that God has called them to do. I'm not here to judge anybody. <laughs> Except people who bring a blue cup. We have a work to do. We need to be about that work. Not really interested in any other any other work. You know, like, you know, when, when P Jesus speaks to Peter, Peter gets a great prophecy from the Lord. He's forgiven. The resurrection takes place. He goes on and Jesus forgives him. And you know, you know Jesus never goes into this long dissertation with, with Peter. And I think we need to become a lot sharper with the Lord. You know, even, you know, God seems to hide himself. 
Don't know why he does that, but he does. The Bible talks about he's, you know, he's surrounded with darkness. He's in clouds. Jesus spoke in parables for the very re- You know why Jesus spoke in parables? Yeah, clearly for the reason, and it says very clearly, this is one of the most open things in the Bible, I'm speaking in parables so they can hear and they won't get it. Now, how many people have ever argued with me, with your mom and dad, with the pastor of your church, with God? You need to make it so I can understand. And you know what Jesus' answer was that? You're so, you're, you're, you're thick. Your hearts are so hard and you're not getting it. I'm telling you, beware of the, you know, the, the leaven of the Pharisees. And you, you, you think it's because you, got, you, you brought bread. You didn't bring bread. And you know what he says to him? He says, oh, I didn't make, uh, let, me, let, me, let me make that clear. I gave you a parable. He says, you guys, are, your hearts are so hard. Oh, I think they woke up when they heard that. I think it's good to wake up. So anyway, God is surrounded with clouds. The woman that needed to be healed, Jesus was hidden in, in, in the midst of the whole crowd. She had to press in to find it. Jesus actually says, I'm speaking so they won't get it. So it's only going to be those that God touches that are going to say, wow, I hear this. So there's the mystery of God that's at work in us. And I, I believe it's going to be people that like, start to train their soul to the work that God calls that, that are going to hear Him that are going to respond and be taken out of a place of just kind of thumping along to a place that's really moving in what God has. And I believe that's what God has called us to do. And that, So God only does wondrous things. And the first thing that, like I said, that needs to be sacrificed is our will. There need, you need to kind of go through. Jesus actually said it another way. He says, go through and see if you're going to be able to build the barn. See if it's going to, you're going to be able to pay the price. Sit down and, well, what's it going to take? Everything. Everything and more than you think. Because Abraham, like I said, have, isn't it about time? It's just enough. I can't take it anymore. You know, I've done so good. Abraham, I don't know how many years he's walking in the desert, following God, serving God, doing all the right things. And then... What's God going to do? God's going to bless Abraham. Amen? Come on, a little more excitement. I mean, this is, this is Sunday. Monday morning, you know, you know I can see, you know, you, you know, you might have some problems. But this is Sunday. You know, at least whoop it up now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So God comes to Abraham after all his obedience, after all his faith, and says, I, I, I'm going to bless you. I want you to give me your son as a sacrifice. Well, you know, I've just about had it. I've been doing all this and nobody even cares. And I, you know, I don't think I need to be proved anymore. Well, that statement alone would mean that you haven't made it yet. Yeah. See, Jesus said, well, I just, you know, I came down here. You know, I got my, my, my dad's a carpenter. Why couldn't he have been the king? You know, I don't want to get splinters in my hand and everybody thinks this and thinks that. Abraham had to go through some great mental anguish. He had to actually go through the idea that God's promise was not going to come to pass. Because Isaac was the child of promise. God was going to seem to kill His Word. Now, many of you don't know this about my life. I don't even think my children know it. My wife may may or may not know it. Um, Because I don't don't share about it much. And it may come to a surprise for many people. I know I'm smiling, but this is serious. (laughs) There was a time in my life when I couldn't take care of myself. I wasn't able to walk. 
I, wasn't able, I didn't have control of my bodily functions. Someone had to take care of me. Someone had to feed me. Um, I couldn't bathe. I couldn't even communicate. My life was in that, that kind of a situation. I was two months old. Now, I heard that one time, and somehow that came into my mind this last week. And, you know, it's all about our perspective. Because many times we're going through our life going, man, what's going on? I mean, you know what would be really weird? You know, we got the twins now, and they came out and said, hi, Mom, hi, Dad. You know, I think I'm going to work today. That would be weird, man. You know, we don't look at them like, oh, boy, you know, there's something wrong with them. We've got to change their diaper. You know, I wonder what their deal is. You know, ever watch them eat? They don't know what hole to stick it in. It doesn't matter. They don't even know if their diapers are dirty. You've got to let them know. But we go through things like that, and what do we think? Oh, man, this is really weird. God has got a purpose, and He's only doing wondrous things. And the time that we think maybe God has left us, it's really working something in our life. It's important that that goes on. And so many times we can't judge by the sight of the eye, by the hearing of the ear. We need the Word of God and we need faith to come in. We need to walk with the living Christ, the one who's paid for our sin. And we need to walk with that new creation. And when we're looking out, we need to say, He's only doing wondrous things. Lord, help me. Because if not, we might look and go, Oh, well, you know, now, you know God told me and that's not... How many, people have, how many people have maybe been like Peter in the book of Peter, in the book of Peter, has God delayed His promise to you? It's just not happening. Well, you might be two months old. It might be really necessary. See, there might be some things going on in your life. I know this is hard to understand. There may be some things going on in your life. Remember the supernatural God? How many of you like a supernatural God? Because we, all, we don't like a supernatural God. We like a God we can control and know exactly what He's doing. But it's the mystery of God that works in us. It's the Holy Spirit who's doing His work in us. And most of the time, we don't know anything about it. That's the supernatural God. But God's supernatural purpose working in us, the faith that operates in the conscious part that says God is working supernaturally. Even though I don't see it, I don't understand it. It's there that God is going to move. And we begin to believe and confess and act on those things. Because what happens over a course of time, and it seems like the devil knows this, I think it's human nature. We see it in the children of Israel very clearly. Again, our emotions ride the roller coaster. You know. And when God moves when I like Him, the way I like Him to move, I'm usually pretty happy. But I still might even miss the very point of what God's doing as the disciples did. Even though they were sent, called disciples, they had been with Jesus we, we, we naturally, naturally do not think like God thinks. Naturally do not understand what God... It has to be a continual minute-by-minute minute revelation and a renewing because I can't retain faith. It's like the manna. If you retain your faith, it becomes... Oswald Chambers says we become a spiritual prig. We become kind of uppity, like you know. And really what that means is your manna has worms in it and it stinks. Every day we've got to go out and collect new faith. See? Now again, what would be the point of that? See, I mean, if God was God, why didn't He just make like, you know, a 7-Eleven mana store? You know, or just pop it into your refrigerator. Well, see, and again, as, as people, we, go, we actually 
the more we walk with God, I think there's a saying in the world. Maybe it's true. Um, brings contentment. Uh, con- content, not contentment. What, what's it? You know, if you know somebody. Thank you. Okay, say that again, ma'am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we need one of the whistles that goes. Yeah, <laughs> that sign has it right. It's the sinner's hospital. We just need a good doctor. <laughs> so, could you say that again? Because I can't get that out of my mouth. Familiarity. not funny. It's not funny at all. Breeds content. And I, contempt. Now, the, the far part of this is he Reza's listening in Vaughn. I'm going to have to translate that into Turkish. And I, I'm not sure how to do that. I can't even say it in English. But as we walk with the Lord, sometimes knowing Him breeds some stuff. Did it in Judas that betrayed Jesus. I was wondering why we didn't, you know, what was the deal here? The children of Israel that were delivered after 400 years of slavery in Egypt where they were having to kill their children. The children were having to be killed. They were under unbelievable circumstances. They come out and the Lord God has delivered them. And in a quick course of time, the familiarity with the Lord turned to bitterness. We need to watch those things. Because it's easy to, to not come back to Psalm 72 and say He only does wondrous things and God is leading us. Amen. See, well, He might lead me out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. But there's always going to be the rub. I mean, I just, I, I don't think it was, I don't know how, how long was it until they came to the Red Sea? Very short period of time, wasn't it? I mean, they kind of do get, they went straight, right? Yeah. You know, and so, but I mean, they just saw, I mean, seven plagues. They came out, they've got, they're piled up with gold. Show me your gold, hon. You know, I mean, they're, they're like looking good. They got, you know, I mean, can you imagine slaves that are, you know, dressing? <laughs> I mean, I, that's what I'd be doing. Hey, look at these, you know. My wife would say, fix your hair. And so they come out, moving pretty much straight to the Red Sea. After all the things that they saw, again, the only redemptive thing we have in our life is Jesus Christ. We need to rely on Him, come back to Him, and renew my faith because every minute of the day, I'm going to be tried. My new creation, that soul that's been created in me, is going to be tried to either live for sin or self and live by its own understanding, even maybe with some good godly principles. We could tell people they're not washing their hands. That's why I don't go to this church. Do you know that Jesus went to the worst church He could find? It's called the world. And actually, you know, actually people, people were very upset about that. And they said, well, you know, why are you hanging around with these people? He said, they're the ones who, it's a sinner's hospital. It's the ones that are totally depraved, the ones that are totally needy that might get some help. You know, but if you know something, if your hands are clean, you already got it, you're, you know, you're judging the Lord. There'd be no help for you. You're not, you're not, the mystery's not being translated to you. So they come out and immediately they come to the Red Sea. What is their first response? They start grumbling, complaining, blaming Moses. See, I was, I was doing something this week, and it came, to, came very clear to me, I don't trust the Lord. Because the first thing I do is not, Lord, help me. 
Lord, let me understand this. It's, I don't want to see how you want to do. No, that wouldn't. I said, you know, I, I, I don't trust the Lord. See, consciously, I need to trust the Lord. And so, and so, they, and God, you know, delivers them through the Red Sea. And guess what happens? There's the bitter waters. There's the manna. There's the there's all these things. And constantly, they they didn't they didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them. But again, it's an allegory of writing to us saying, beware lest the same heart of unbelief would be in you. That after we're delivered, it's easy to turn back to those beggarly elements of yourself. And having becoming familiar with God, knowing God in Romans, remember Romans, knowing who God is, they were unthankful. Has anybody fit in the category of Romans 1 this week in your flesh? Well, the judgment's very clear. They became unthankful. They knew who God was and they just were unthankful. I mean, it would be better if I went back to Egypt. Man, why is this? You know, we want quail. We're sick of this manna. How come? Well, there's some things going on in your life that you don't know what the purpose is. But God is working in you. And like I said, there might be a period in your life that you can't feed yourself, can't take care of yourself. You can't even communicate. It's not weird. It's just your perspective. God's working in your life a mighty way. So blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. There's a mouthful of faith. Lord, help me. Help my unbelief. Yeah. And it's going to come in all different forms. And this is where, like I said, the Bible has been written to man. See, it's not written to God. Like we said last week, you know, when people say, well, God knows. Well, duh. The, we don't know. And he's saying, here's what you need to do. Now, we can look at it like the law, or we can look at it by the washing of the water, by the Word in our minds, so that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's this thing on our, in our life called the soul, and that's what I, I want us to begin to look at. So in order to first do the will of God and to make those sacrifices, the first thing that has to be sacrificed is right here. See, and every moment, start to look at that. See, things are going to come up in your life that are going to poke you. I want to take your son. I want you to build a boat. 120 years. Wow. I want you to walk in the desert. I'd like you to go to the cross. Well, Peter, I'd rather, I'm going to call you to glorify my name. Anybody here want to be used of God? And Peter, okay, Peter steps up to the bat. I want to be used of God. Okay, they're going to kill you. That's how I choose to glorify my name in you. Well, Peter, as a good man, rises up and says, yeah, well, what about him? <laughs> Can you, I mean, you know, God has got to look at us in such a different way. Peter just denied, I'm not down on Peter. I mean, you know, it's me. And, you know, Peter just denied the Lord, took all the disciples fishing, doesn't know what's going on. Jesus comes back, forgives him, calls him back. He's talking with the risen Jesus. Have you ever said, boy, if Jesus ever came back, then I would really listen? I got a clue for you. No, you wouldn't. You're deceived. You think... You're, see, our, we're to walk with the, the God. We're to walk with the God who's revealed in the Bible. Not the one who's revealed in your mind. The one that's revealed in your mind is not the God of the Bible. 
It's the devil. It's your idea. And that's what, that's what Roman, uh, Corinthians talk about. We, have, we walk in the flesh. We, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. But our, the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. These aren't like, you know, little, you know, having to go into nursery school and beat up the kids. This is like strongholds that continually are up there, casting down imaginations. Anybody have some imaginations about God this week? What he should have been doing? What he didn't do? How come? Those are vain imaginations that exalt themselves above the knowledge of this God. Because remember, before we were saved, before Jesus came into our life, we knew not God. But we served, the Bible talks about in Romans, Romans, we served other gods. It wasn't like it was like a void. We didn't know God, but we served gods. We, that same thing could happen today. And we need to cast down vain imaginations that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. See, and that's, that's the purpose of the Word of God, is to rightly divide between our soul and our spirit and to show us it's the revelation of who God is. We're not just serving a God. We're serving the God of Israel. We're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We're serving the God who is depicted and talked about and explained in the Bible. And it's exercising in faith towards this revelation. Because without that, we're just left to ourselves. We might become unthankful. and We might actually deceive ourselves and let our soul run our life with some very good principles at washing your hands and serving God. But when He shows up, we return back to the place of not knowing God. We might be doing a lot of other things, like the healing the sick, raising the dead, doing all those things. And Jesus said, I don't know you. Depart from me. How could that be? Well, it was just created in their own soul. But the soul that begins to let the Word of God come in and train it to glorify God, that's the soul that is yoked together. Remember, Jesus says, yoke with me. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. These are the things that, that actually in this life... See, this is, where, this is where the Bible, the church, the will of God is where we are is really concerned with and what we're working with. The Bible is here in this world. The church is here and now. We always talk about the God of I am. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right now, God is bringing revelation for us to work with Him consciously with the mystical Holy Spirit of God that's working in the church to, to rid our minds of, of thoughts that are not of the God of the Bible, but of ourselves. And it's in these, these tasks that we're going to find the Lord and He's going to work in us. It's all about being here in this life. Hallelujah. All right. So, well, we're not going to get to anything. So, in, there's one thing I, I like about... I was going to read it, but we won't have a chance. You know, that, you, know that, you know the Apostle Paul? Kind of, yeah, not personally, but you know. In Philippians chapter 3, he says, Finally, my brethren... In chapter 4, he says, finally, my brethren. Don't believe him. You know, I always get a kick out of that. You think he's going to come to an end. You know, finally, my brethren. Oh, good, I don't have to read anymore. 
Well, he gets us, goes on and on and on. There's another, finally, my brethren. We're going to look at the finally, my brethren, in the, in the weeks to come. But God has called us to work with him. God has called us, called us in this time, in this generation, in this kingdom of God, to have our minds renewed. Romans talks about having our minds renewed to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans talks about that, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice. Corinthians, we read it last week, that our, your, your, your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and spirit, it says. But Romans makes it even clearer because basically what you do with your body, your spirit's already there. So you can't just like, what I am doing is what I'm doing. And the Bible talks about that we should be, we're bought with a price, my life is not my own. Lord God, open the eyes of my understanding that I would know you, not the old gods, not the high thoughts that come in and say, well, you know, you know what, we can really figure out a lot of stuff. We really can. We can figure out why God shouldn't do this and why He shouldn't do that and why the church shouldn't be doing this and why and why and why. might even look at the tree and say, yeah, I figured out some things. It's good to eat. It's good to look at and make me wise. You figured it all out right, except one thing. You know what it is? You're wrong. Because you're no longer walking by revelation. As soon as we stop walking by faith and by revelation, we are walking in sin. And that's the reason Jesus Christ came, is to redeem us out from under sin, that we have been bought with a price that we could, in this life, today, tomorrow, right at lunch, could glorify God with the new creation and our soul. And we're going to look at then practicing the Word of God. Oh, just a little preview. Because I was thinking about a lot of these things. Maybe, you know. You know, we talked, the Bible talked about doing the Word. You know, Matthew 7. You know, doing the Word. Well, you know, that sounds good. But then I think we actually find, have to find out what the Word is saying to do. You know, it's easy to say, well, let's do the Word. Oh, well, take your son. Oh, I'm not doing that. Um, do, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, then you're not practicing. Oh, yes, I am. How many people have ever done that? Oh, I'm serving God. Well, are you doing this? No. No, and you can't make me. Well, first off, I have no intention of making anybody do anything. As a matter of fact, the cry of my soul, my flesh, would be, please leave. I, I mean, I really don't enjoy this. You know, I, uh, I mean, what am I getting out of it? What are you getting out of it? Oh, I want to make them, I want to make them serve God. Why? I don't like you. I mean, in the flesh, I don't want to be around people. I had my act together like Paul. Not as good as him, but, you know, my own realm. I had it together. I didn't need, I didn't need it. So, oh yeah, he's trying to make us do it. Yeah, yeah. You're not that rich. And if you were, I didn't need the money anyway. I, I learned to live without money a long time ago. What am I talking about? But anyway, I'm just saying... I'm just saying something. That we need to make a choice of saying, God, I'm choosing to sacrifice my will. And, and this, is, this is where it is. And we need to start learning to hear God in the ununderstandable mysteries and parables that he's speaking to us. And if not, examine your heart. You may have a hard heart, even though you might know some scripture, something else that God's doing. And so, 
if we're going to practice the Word in this generation, in this life, in our family, in the church, I think God wants to tell us what that Word is. And then it's a matter of, it's a, this is a very hard word. It's a two-letter two letter word. Actually, it's two words. Actually, four letters. And then all we'd have to do is do it. There's the kicker, isn't it? They're going to judge me for what I do. Absolutely. Isn't that what Jesus said to do? You're going to know them by their fruits. And the the sheep and the goats. You know why I know this one? Who's the guy that sang that I like? Keith Green. He sang this song about um, the sheep and the goats. And the only difference between the two was one did and one didn't do it. Are you going to judge me? No, you were already judged by the word. Now, it would be nice to get on which, which side you want to be on. You can either be a sheep or you can be a goat. And it's all going to be by what we do. So I want us to look at like what the Lord, the, the Bible, God, Jesus Christ, what's he saying to do? Which is going to make absolutely no sense to your, to your old God. To your old God, it won't make any sense. It's actually going to have to lose your reputation to yourself. You're going to have to decide to ser- sacrifice your will first. Amen? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. We're dismissed. I like that. Amen. That's not a chicken bell, is it?